Sure, this morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Uh, can we pray? Father, thank you for your word that teaches us how to live our lives when we look around the world and see the ways in which we've got it so badly wrong in so many areas. And we pray that this morning you will speak to all of us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Remembrance Sunday. It's always a poignant day, particularly, I'm sure, for those who've been personally involved in conflicts or remember loved ones who have been. And maybe this year, the day holds more significance than ever as we look at the conflicts around the world. And those who are dying in them. One of the aims of Remembrance Sunday was to help us remember the pain and the suffering that war causes in the hopes of preventing that as much as possible. But the world today seems ever more keen to solve disagreements with fighting rather than with peace talks. And as we look at some of the atrocities that have been committed in recent conflicts, it's tempting to think that the war brings out the worst in people. But actually, for some, war brings out the best in them, and they make heroic sacrifices for others. I want to just highlight a couple of people, very, very ordinary people, not great heroes who we, we perhaps have heard of before. Um, but this is Basile. Um, I read about him on the Tear Fund website. Early in the conflict in Ukraine, Vasil used his van to drive his family and his extended family out of the country across the border to Romania. And when he got there, he managed to find a host family who were willing to take his family in. But then, rather than stay safely in Romania... He loaded up his van with supplies and returned to, to uh, the Ukraine to distribute them to anyone in need. And he did that over and over again. And he's just one of so many people who make sacrifices in these difficult times to help others. I know many people locally, including some from St. Paul's, 
hosted people from Ukraine who came over here to be safe from the conflict. And in Gaza, too, there are many people working to bring relief uh, and bring supplies to people there and often putting themselves in great danger to do that. Looking further back, uh, this lady, Jane Haining, was a Scottish missionary and she worked in a Jewish orphanage in Budapest and she was working there when the Second World War broke out. There were 400 girls under her care and she was given an order to leave the country uh, when the war began, but she refused. She wanted to stay with the girls. Even when Germany, was, Germany invaded Hungary in 1944, she refused to leave and she was eventually arrested and taken to Auschwitz where she died soon afterwards. And of course, there are so many stories like that in wartime. And it's not just in wartime that we see examples of heroic sacrifice. This is the village of Eam in Derbyshire. Um, I don't know if you can see the rather gruesome skull and crossbones there, which seem very out of place in this pretty village. Um, but they actually commemorate an heroic sacrifice by an entire village. So in 1665, a plague was sweeping across England and large parts of Europe. And it's believed that in the summer of that year, a bale of cloth arrived in Eam from London uh, with plague-carrying fleas hidden amongst the cloth. Uh, the tailor who received the cloth was infected when he unpacked it, and he died soon afterwards. Over the next few weeks, 42 other villagers died. And by the end of the year, many of them were packing up and they were preparing to leave to try to escape the infection. And at that point, the vicar of the church, William Monpesson, stepped in. And he managed to persuade the whole village that they should quarantine themselves so that the plague didn't spread to the, the surrounding towns and villages. And that was a genuine sacrifice. People continued to die and eventually around 260 people lost their lives in a village of only around 800. Every family in that village was affected. And rightly too, they are remembered by memorials in the village. When we remember our own lockdown experiences two or three years ago, it maybe puts that into perspective, what it, was, what it must mean to be cut off from everybody. And of course, they didn't have the lifelines of online deliveries and Zoom calls and telephones. In the COVID pandemic, we saw frontline workers like medical staff, carers, and other essential workers put themselves at risk for the sake of others. I heard stories of medical staff who chose to live apart from their families for, the weeks, for weeks at a time to protect them. And of course, some frontline workers paid for their lives, paid with their lives, sorry, for that heroism that they showed. And others too made sacrifices. 
I heard of one elderly lady who refused ventilator treatment. Remember when the ventilators were in such short supply early on? And she said that she'd had a good life and she'd like it to be used for someone younger. She too paid with her life. And I think it's right that we should remember those sacrifices too. Memory is a great gift. This summer, Graham and I celebrated our retirement by doing a six-week trip around Europe, visiting several different countries. And we've got some fantastic memories of that time. We love looking through the photographs. And we've probably all got our share of good memories, holidays, family gatherings, good times with friends. But of course, I'm sure we've each got some sad and painful memories too. Memories of losing people we're close to, the breakdown of relationships, illness, tragic world events. I know that some of us here have lost loved ones in the last few months. And although memories of happier times can bring comfort, that's also, of course, often mixed with the pain of grief and loss. But even painful memories can sometimes be helpful. My daughter recently uh, injured her an ankle in a running um, injury. Uh, she'd been taking painkillers to kind of help her carry on walking and get through. Uh, but when she saw a physiotherapist, she was told not to take the painkillers because um, the pain was actually warning her that she was trying to do too much and she stopped taking the painkillers and actually healed up fairly quickly after that. And likewise, in some cases, painful memories can remind us to do things differently. Memories of the horrors of war encourage us to look for peaceful solutions. And although some pain make painful memories, some painful memories stay with us all too clearly, Others are all too easy to forget. And so Remembrance Sunday helps us to remember the sacrifices that others have made with gratitude. And the Bible is a great source of memories. Memories of how God has cared for his people throughout the ages. I know quite a few people in the church have done the Bible course. And if you haven't, I really recommend it. And just followed in that the way in which God cared for his people right from the days of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Joseph, throughout the eras of kings and judges and right through Jewish history. And then in the New Testament, we see the ultimate sacrifice that God made for his people by sending his only son to die for us so that we could be restored to him. And that was the supreme example of heroic sacrifice. We sang about that um, in our, one of our hymns this morning, when I survey the wondrous cross. The Gospels show the pain that Jesus went through in facing that cruel death. But the Bible isn't just a book of memories from the past. It also contains rules and advice about how we can live in the present. 
Rules that might help us to avoid making some of the mistakes of the past. And these aren't rules that are designed to take the joy out of life, but on the contrary, to help us to live an abundant life. In John chapter 10, when Jesus is talking about being a shepherd who cares for his sheep, we read Jesus talk about the life he wants for those who follow him. He says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it abundantly. Life does work better when we have rules to live by, just like a game of football or any games. The games on Friday night, I'm sure, will need their rules followed if they're going to be successful. We can imagine the chaos in any game if the rules aren't followed. And I think the chaos and the suffering that we see in the world today is at least partly because we live in a world where God's rules have been forgotten or ignored. Jesus gave us two ultimate rules to live by, and we heard them in our reading this morning. The first of those was love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Let's just take a moment to think about how well we're doing with that rule. Are we really making the effort to engage with the worship? Or are we just sitting back and experiencing it, almost like entertainment? Are we making time for God? Time to pray? Time to read our Bibles? Are we turning to prayer when we've got those difficult decisions to make or when life is difficult? Are we thanking him for the good things we enjoy and saying sorry for the times we let him down? And the second rule Jesus gave us was to love our neighbours as ourselves. And I wonder how we're doing with that rule. Do we look for opportunities to help other people? Are we willing to go the extra mile when people ask for help? Are we reaching out to those people who are struggling? Or do we put our own needs first? Now, I'm personally challenged by those questions. Like most of us, I all too often get wrapped up in my own concerns rather than looking outwards. I don't always make the time for God that I should or engage properly with Sunday worship. As we were praying before the service this morning, um, I looked down and noticed um, I'd left home with a poppy and uh, I'd, got, uh, I'd got a pin and no poppy. I did manage to borrow one afterwards. Um, but I was very distracted by that while we were praying. I was very dis- and it's easy, isn't it, to be distracted during worship, to just let other things fill our minds. These rules help us, they just remind us what our priorities should be. The world is a confusing and difficult place at the moment, and there are difficult decisions that need to be made by our leaders, and sometimes by us too as we try and negotiate this world. 
But those two rules, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself are great guiding principles to live by. So this Remembrance Sunday, let's remember with thanks the heroic sacrifices made in the past by people in time of war and other tragedy. And let's also remember and give thanks for the sacrifices made and still being made by people today in all sorts of ways. And even more than that, let's remember and give thanks for the supreme heroic sacrifice made by Jesus for us. And let's remember to live our lives according to those rules that he gave us. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you so much for those who have made sacrifices for us, both in the past and in the present day. We lift to you all those who are currently involved in conflicts or in relief efforts. And we pray that you will just prompt us now as we just keep a few moments of silence. Just show us where we're failing to love you with all of ourselves or to love our neighbours. Let's just be silent for a few moments now. Father God, I pray that for each of us, you will prompt us this week to find ways in which we can live life more according to those rules that you gave us. And we pray for our world that you would guide and direct people and particularly our leaders and that they too will be guided by those principles. In Jesus' name, amen.